0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit off.
1: Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. If you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's one swat or you can email us at ask at SWAT radiocom That's ask, A-S-K, at swatradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday, halfway through the week. Doug, how did it go this morning?
2: It went really well. We had a good group uh, for breakfast and uh, the lunch SWAT and a lot of good guys there. And uh, had a couple of different ministries representing some new guys, one guy, um, uh, Zach from Passion, which is yeah. a entering our mentoring program for college students here in town. They do internships. It was good. He was there. And and then uh, a guy from Pennsylvania from Hope International mm. was there. And um, uh, Mr. Boykin. Not that Boykin? Yeah, Boykin. Uh, Brian Boykin from Pennsylvania. And uh, he was with Hope International. And Jeff Rutt founded hope international and uh jeff Rutt is doug rut's brother from christian family i did family not Chatton. know
1: that when you said Rutt, i was wondering huh? mm-hmm.
2: yep and so it's a great organization uh, both of them are and so that yeah, was good we had a good group there so uh, and we studied paul which we will be going over next week on the air and um yeah so it was it was really really good good time and uh uh, always good to be around brothers and you know one of the one of the principles we extracted from the text was that God created us to be part of a divine family, and it's um uh, it's It was really sinful to isolate yourself from other believers yeah i mean i'm not talking about just getting away to pray i'm talking about if you think that you can just worship God. And be in relationship with God apart from his people. You've missed the point. Because his people were supposed to function differently than the world. And so that's what we talked about. So it was good. We went through and looked at the life of Saul. which uh, Not Saul. King Saul. But Saul. Saul that became Paul. Uh, it was really, really encouraging. So hopefully you guys who are listening out there will listen next week. We're going to talk about that. And um, by the way. I think, um, I don't know if it's this way for everybody. Hold on like a second. Let me see. Monday, October 11th is Columbus Day. It is a holiday. Some people don't like. uh, Some people call it Indigenous Peoples Day. So Mm -hmm. take your pick. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes you feel better, that's fine. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, Whichever one of those you want to celebrate, it's a holiday. A lot of places getting off. So, we will probably play a best of cool. on Monday.
1: Columbus uh, has gotten his name dragged through the mud. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Um, so, if you don't celebrate Columbus Day, you think he's a bad guy, you need to check check you, your history. Well, a you need bit. to go yeah. read the history, yeah.
2: that's for sure. Was he perfect? No, he was. Uh, but uh, he was a pretty amazing guy.
1: Um, yeah, and a lot of the uh, criticism and stuff that are le- leveled at him were kind of slanderous things that were said about him in his lifetime by his enemies. So you know, take that for what it's worth.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, that's oh, the, the, <laughs> the PC police out again, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Hey, um, today in, uh, Al moler's the briefing, he, he was talking a lot about, about technology. Remember we said Facebook shut down on Monday and on Sunday on the news programs, they were interviewing people from Facebook and it's interesting to to look at what's happened to young people in this country. If you don't think there's a problem with social media, go home, tell your teenagers that they're doing away with all their social media. No Instagram, no TikTok, no um, Snapchat. Just tell them all that stuff's going to go away. That. you've turned over a new leaf and you realize that that stuff is harmful and watch what happens they will literally come unglued before you because their world is social media i mean i i I don't know many people that aren't impacted by this believer non-believer doesn't matter
1: yeah or age age range i mean you know it's not just the teenagers who are on that and addicted to it. So,
2: and, and to be honest with you, Taylor, I don't know if we have a adequate solution right now by anybody that anybody's really offering anything.
1: Well, yeah. Cause this whistleblower, I mean, I will put whistleblower in quotes just because, um, kind of the way that it was her first initial thing was on 60 minutes was done. And then, um, what she said in her hearing, uh, it was basically give the government more power to regulate Facebook because, um, uh, you know, views that I don't like uh, are allowed to be spread there. I mean, she was part of their ethics uh, uh, or civic engagement, whatever it was committee during 2020. And so she was part of the team that said that, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop email shouldn't, should be censored on Facebook. So it's clear that um, she wants regulation of information on Facebook uh, and from a certain bend and then Facebook came out yesterday asking for more regulation. So it seems a little bit coordinated to me. But that is separate from the issue that it that is on individuals like you were talking about that how it affects our mind. And I think, uh, yeah, I don't know what the solution. My solution has been to cut it back. I, I only have Facebook. I got rid of all my other socials. And that Facebook is on my wife's uh, phone, <laughs> so that I don't like look at it on my phone. And I check it like maybe once. Uh, once a week and when it was on my phone i was checking it like every 30 minutes so it's been good to get that I'm, I'm probably gonna get rid of facebook at least you know someday soon but we'll see
2: well here here's the thing that i thought that was um interesting you know back when politics heated up and social media was deemed very hostile uh facebook uh, well, at least the leaders at Facebook, specifically Mark Zuckerberg, said, hey, we're going to change the algorithms and what we're going to do is tamp down the temperature a little bit. And so they began putting people in Facebook jail selectively, Mm -hmm. according even to the whistleblower. They were very selective, but even within the Facebook family, people that work there, what they witnessed was instead of that making... Uh, Facebook, and I'm just using that. It could be Instagram, Twitter, whatever. All the social media was the same. They all became angrier places. And it was kind of like a perfect storm with everything happening in our country. And if you look over the last two years, social media has become a place people are not filtered hardly at all in some areas, you know, but in other areas, they're censored.
1: Yeah, and I think the big problem, like, because, you know, it's it, what is the driver of the anger? Is it social media or is that social media, you know, what you're seeing on social media uh, more of a byproduct? I would tend to lean towards that. But the real problem with social media is you'll say things, you know, you got the keyboard warriors that they would never say to someone's face. And that's what ratchets, ratchets up the tension. Um, I'm not sure how much it affects, like, people's overall political views. But, yeah, it is definitely something that uh, gets people heated up and then they – pop off unfiltered whereas if you're talking to somebody man to man you got to worry about what they're going to do to you if you say the wrong thing right so uh i think that is the issue for sure and that you've seen uh interpersonal communication uh just kind of go uh to to the pot
2: well there there was a uh, a french philosopher named Jacques, Jacques, jocks jock i think it's jock Jacques elul mm And uh, anyway, he just died maybe uh, 20 years ago, 17 years ago. So he's, I mean, it's not a long time ago, but he talked a lot about um, technology and here, here's what he said. You know, he, he said that when you talk about mere technology, he said, it's not mere technology. Mm hmm. I'll say that again. He said, when you talk about mere technology, it's not just mere technology. In fact, in a technological age, he said, technology becomes a god into itself. It's a rival deity. It threatens to change human nature according to its own idolatrous determinations. And he warned that there's no way to speak of technology as if it were something separate from theology. Hmm. And when you look at what's happened in our world with technology and how it impacts people, uh, how it changes people's lives, good and bad, how it opens up windows into very bad things. I mean, the technology itself is not evil, but it brings out a side of us to say things in an arena that you would never say to somebody's face.
1: Yeah, and, you know, even I would – there is a point to be made about you know the screen time and stuff even if you're not on social media how that's distracting and taking away from time that you could be maybe be more productive i know people work on on those mediums but then you take that and you make it mobile and instead of appreciating the world around you and the creation that god has made you're trapped in this uh uh matrix i guess as it was um so there i think there's a something to be said about that and you know talking about solutions i think that for myself I've been trying to move more and more towards having technology in a designated place in my home and then everywhere else try to be free of it.
2: Well, listen, he, he said that, you know, when you think about technology, it changes the user, not just collectively, mm-hmm. but it, it does change societies, but it changes individuals. Uh, and that's really the biggest threat. He says, when you think about them, uh, it alienates us. Yeah. Uh, it, it alienates us from work. Uh, as people began to work machines more than to work the soil then their work became transformed into engine work or machine work instead of working out there and when you work the soil you experience god's provision yeah when you work on a machine you're you're really working on man's invention a lot mm. of times And so, uh, anyway, he said it alienates us, and Christians have to think about technology as a serious theological issue uh, when it comes to being faithful to the generation we live in. So I thought it was a good good insight.
1: That is is very good. Um, We're up against the break, though. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to
0: SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
2: from the sea
0: brother, let
1: me be well, that Never is let brother by need to breathe welcome back to SWAT radio SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth if you are just joining us we talked a little bit in the first segment about as we usually do about a number of things going on in uh, society we ended talking about um, the dangers of technology and Doug um, shared a excellent Uh, quote from Jacques
2: what's his last name again Elul spell it out E-L-L-U-L
1: so look him up because uh, he sounds like an interesting guy I don't know anything about him but I'm definitely uh, gonna want to see what he has to say because um, he had some good insight
2: yeah he you know he just made some interesting observations about technology and how it alienates us and it's, it's you know it really is true I mean like is Stop and think about when you go out to a restaurant now. Look at a table. You see a mom and a dad and the children all on their electronic device looking at a screen yeah. instead of having a conversation about something.
1: Yeah, and, and even in your own home, how much time do you spend watching TV, right? Like today I was uh, at a testing center, and that's what I worked. Uh, I had to stand outside all day basically, and uh, th- it was a nice little area, and I just was – I watched for like – I don't know, 30 minutes, a bird. I'm not really sure of the type. But it was as it was like hunting, basically, and like creeping. It was a bigger bird creeping. You just
2: observed nature. Yeah. Right? And,
1: you know, I was like, man, I have not done that in a long time, just for that amount of time, just sit and watch uh, nature. And I think we miss things uh, by being so sucked into our phones all the time.
2: Oh, we absolutely do. Well, hey, I, uh, you know, I know we have people listening in Meridian. Uh, Mississippi and uh, on the lighthouse up in uh, Virginia and out west in Idaho and we're just so grateful to uh, have all these people listening and uh, encouraging us with emails and we're very thankful and I know that uh, in Meridian um, that uh, we have Uh, a former football teammate of mine. Oh yeah. Cheyenne Trussell. Isn't that a cool name? Yeah, that is Cheyenne Trussell. Cheyenne was a running back and he's the athletic director at the high school where we played football together. Oh, That's cool. And so, uh, Oh, Cheyenne was a good running back. He was a good guy. I liked him in high school and they're very fortunate to have him there at Meridian high school. Uh, and we were undefeated, Taylor. I don't know if I ever told you. We oh, were no. twelve and zero undefeated, and the state champs. That was uh, you won a state championship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you never told yeah, me that. And they oh, told wow. us they called us the cardiac cats because ah. we came from behind like two or three different games. So, huh. uh, Cheyenne, thanks for listening. i um, congrats on being the athletic director there, and uh, glad you're listening to SWAT Radio. Well. You know, on SWAT radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, what we do is Monday through Wednesday, we go over the Bible text that we've been teaching in the SWAT Bible studies the week prior. And last week we looked at Acts eight, twenty-six through 40, which is Philip interacting with the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian represents a lot of people today who are religious, they read the scriptures, Uh, they may um, uh, know about Messiah in name, Uh, they may even seek the truth, but they don't know Jesus yet. They don't have faith in him. And they're sincere in their attempt to find him and to connect with God, but they need someone to show them the way, and that's what we're in the family for. We are brought into God's family to be those channels of blessings, and we've looked at this week, These three principles that come out of this text, uh, it's a narrative text where Luke just tells the story of Philip being directed to this guy who's in a chariot going from Jerusalem back home. Philip had been over in Samaria, and he had seen a lot of people respond to the gospel, the good news there. That word euangelizo was used a lot in this text And last week's text, and it means to preach the good news, not just that Jesus saved you from your sins by dying on the cross, but that he reigns as Lord. He is Lord. You don't make him Lord. He is Lord. You yield to his lordship. And so um, we saw in uh, the text Monday and Tuesday that God calls us to shema and obey his leading. And we see Philip doing that in verses 26 through 29 when it says, Uh, And even um, verse 30, when it says Philip ran, uh, the spirit told him to go someplace and he went, he listened, he was sensitive to the voice and he obeyed. So often we try to give God conditional obedience and we end up missing divine opportunities. God gives us these opportunities to go. And we, we also said on Monday that sometimes the spirit doesn't tell us where to go or what to do, but tells us not to do something or not to go. In Acts 16, the Spirit prohibited Paul from going to Asia or Bithynia. He forbid them to do that. And so Paul was sensitive not to go to these places because that's where the Spirit was leading. And sometimes the Spirit kind of leads us to know that, you know what, we might have to sacrifice something. And in Acts 20, Paul, talking to the Ephesian elders, said, the Spirit revealed to me that prison and beatings await. And yet he went. Why? Because... Paul did not avoid those things when the Spirit wanted him to go into those things. The safest place you can be is in the middle of God's will. So we saw as God's servants, first he calls us to Shema, which is to listen, not just to hear, but to listen and obey his leading. Well, second, we looked at uh, verses 30 through 35 of chapter 8 where Philip was prepared to give an answer to the Ethiopian eunuch. The, the eunuch was coming back from Jerusalem reading Isaiah 53, and Luke quotes Isaiah 53, 7 and 8, which is talking about Messiah. But any Jew during that time uh, who had not been taught by the apostles or Jesus would not have known that the Messiah was going to be a suffering servant. And so it says that Philip began right there, he started right in that passage and began to teach the eunuch about jesus and you know we've got to know god's word joshua 1 8 says meditate on it day and night to do according to all that is written in it Uh, we've got to know god's word and we talked about how in romans 10 uh, paul says uh, when writing to the romans how are they going to believe if they don't hear how are they going to hear unless somebody sent to preach the good news that's that euangelizo And uh, Colossians 4, 6 says, know how you should answer each person. So God brings us into his family to Shema and obey his leading, to know his word and be ready to share. And then today we're focusing on the last four verses, really five verses, 36, 37, 38, 39, and 40, and, and to encourage others to obey his command. As God's servants, he calls us to encourage others to obey his commands. Now, I'm going to have Taylor read verses 36 through 40, and then we're going to talk about what it means in this context that Philip is encouraging the eunuch. How does he encourage him to obey his commands? We're going to answer that question after he reads.
1: All right. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at at Azotus. 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 And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea.
2: So Philip, God took Philip away uh, to Azotus. And he was preaching as he went. He never stopped preaching. He was an evangelist. He was doing what God's creatures do, and that's they share about their master and their king. But before that, it says he baptized the eunuch. Now, why do you think, Taylor, the eunuch said, look, um, there's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? Why would he say that to Philip? What would provoke that statement and in, in question
1: uh, something about Jesus teaching about baptism.
2: Well, yeah, but did you read anything in the text before that about baptism? Does it say anywhere in the text from verse 26 down to verse uh, 36 that um, all it says is Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. The gospel, the euangelizo, mm-hmm. the salvation, and the reigning kingship of Jesus. So it doesn't say anything about baptism there. So why would he say, "Look, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized?"
1: I I was thinking Philip said something, but
2: he did. Yeah. But we don't have it in the text,
1: right? It's just implied that it's part of the, the good gospel. News, wait,
2: yeah. wait, the gospel. It says that he preached the gospel. Does that mean you have to be baptized uh, to be a believer? Well, no. Was the thief on the cross baptized? He wasn't baptized. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Jesus was up there on the cross with him. He said, today you're with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. But he said in Matthew 28, hey, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So we're commanded to be baptized. There's one other command that we're commanded to do, and that's to celebrate communion. Those are the two sacraments of the church that we do in remembrance of him, proclaiming his death and resurrection, and we are also proclaiming that we are his in doing that. We're identifying with him and identifying with his death for our, for us when we take communion and when we get baptized, we're identifying that our old Adam life is dead and our new life in Christ when we're, we come up out of the water. And so Philip, it doesn't say in the scriptures what he said about baptism, but he did teach about it. He was encouraging the eunuch to obey the commands. And then he did it. He went out in the water with him and you know, Second Timothy two, two says, Find faithful men who will be able to teach and train others that can train others. And here Philip sees this eunuch responding and he goes, What keeps me from being baptized? He goes, Oh, nothing. Just go. And he go down in the water and, and they baptize him. And he comes up and notice that just because Philip leaves, his joy mm-hmm. doesn't say anything about And he, he was joyful. Why? Not because of Philip, but because of Jesus. And when we come back, I want to pick up on that a little bit and talk a little bit about where our focus is when people share the gospel.
1: All right, and that's where we're headed when we get back. But first, we are up against the news break. We'll be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. shock of confusion welcome back to SWAT radio that is Brandon Heath with give me your eyes if you are just joining us we are looking at Acts chapter 8 verses 26 and 40 this week we are finishing up by looking at verses 36 through 40 talking about encouraging others to obey his mean meaning Jesus's commands um, and we looked at how Philip has done that um, and we were just talking about um him sharing the encompassing good news to the eunuch and the unit responded by being baptized. So if you missed any of that, you can go to www.swatradio.com, click on the past programs link. And there you'll be able to find this uh, audio in just about an hour, as well as our full catalog of programs. Again, that's www.swatradio.com or you can download our SWAT app or you can uh, listen wherever you listen to podcasts by searching SWAT radio.
2: You know, I want to say that, you know, uh, if this guy was a Hellenistic Jew, or he was a proselyte, right? He knew about mikvahs, baptism. That's a mikvah is was a Jewish ritual of baptism or or, or clean cleansing, where they would go in unto water to cleanse himself before they went into the temple, right, or mm-hmm. to offer a sacrifice, and uh, it to convert to. Uh, Judaism, as a Gentile, to be a proselyte, you had to go into a mikvah and oh, I didn't know be that. baptized. Yeah, And so um, somewhere in that process of talking to him from the scripture he started with in Isaiah to the point where they saw the water. And by the way, seeing water in the desert was a miracle too <laughs> because there's not a lot of water over there in the desert. But um, there was a baptism that took place in the desert and uh, remember that uh, the eunuch was not alone. He had a, a group of people with him. And so the the thing about whether it's the Ethiopian eunuch or even if you go back to Samaria, both of these opportunities that Philip had to share the gospel in Samaria and now here on a desert road ended in joy. If you go back to verse 8, it says, Many were paralyzed or lame were healed, so there was much joy in that city. Mm. Over here at the end, um, verse 39, and it says, And the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. He went on his way rejoicing. Why? Because he was at peace with the God of the universe because he had received what Jesus did on the cross to pay for all of his sin and extend the forgiveness of God to him because the blood uh, requirement had been satisfied through Jesus. Uh, He went on his way rejoicing because now he was in an eternal relationship with the one true living God. He went on his way rejoicing because no matter what had happened in his life, whether he was castrated for his position, whether he had made bad moral choices, now he was in an eternal relationship and it was a permanent relationship, and he went on his way rejoicing. And notice it says the Spirit took Philip away. It wasn't about Philip. I think one of the things that really affects us in this country is a lot of times we make it about the messenger instead of the message the person's giving, The, the, the Jesus right. being the primary one. Anything good you hear in me or you or anybody who's telling somebody about Jesus is only there because of Jesus. Yeah. And so a lot of times too many people talk more about the pastor or the communicator or the evangelist than they do Jesus. He's great. He's great. He's great. He's great. I love him. I love him. I love him. And they develop this attraction. And listen, there's nothing wrong with appreciating your pastor or a good a passionate communicator of God's truth. There's nothing wrong with that. But you got to remember that person would have nothing to communicate worthwhile other than Jesus being the one communicating through them. And we're going to see that next week when we get into Saul and Saul's testimony about how when we're his followers and we're in God's family, it's Jesus in us that is sharing with people. It's a divine thing. It's not just us doing it on our own.
1: Yeah, yeah, and shouldn't I, be. No, yeah, and I think that if it, it is just us doing it on their own, there's not going to be you know fruit there, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, it's got to be. It's the action of 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 God that produces faith.
2: I think I think that the thing that's interesting about Philip is. Philip um, reached across pretty significant boundaries. There was the Samaritan boundary, mm-hmm. and um, and there was a racial boundary, or I, I don't want to say racial. I'll say an ethnic boundary uh, outside of Judaism with the the people from Africa here, and he reached across that. Why? because he had christ love and that's why the problem with uh how to be an anti-racist by abraham x Kendi or white fragility by beverly d'angelo is neither one of those books that are being taught by so many corporations today and even embraced by people within the church in some places deal with the root issue the root issue is not racism the root issue is a sinful heart. Mm-hmm. The root issue is, unless Christ is part of the solution, there is no solution in the in the relationship category. Yeah. It's just it's you're you're just going to continue to feed that beast, and and there's just going to be more. It's it's kind of like when Mark Zuckerberg wanted to go in, and he thought he was going to help out the the social media people on Facebook by changing the algorithms. No, the issue is not limiting people or trying to get them to buy into one, uh, ideology or another. The issue is when you have people that are, um, like Paul described in Romans chapter three, they have the venom of asp on their tongues. Mm-hmm. um, and they, they feel the freedom to say things on social media they would never say to your face. Little kids, I mean, little young people, like people who are young would say things on social media they would never say to your face. You just wouldn't talk that way to an older guy. You, back in the day, you would have gotten backhanded by somebody to talk to people that way. Right. Now, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying you didn't do that. There, there were... There were There was an expectation of decorum and respect, but that's all gone away on social media. People say whatever they want, whenever they want, they use expletives and cuss words like there's no tomorrow on those realms. And there's no policing that, but it's not, um, it's not anything but the love of Jesus that's going to change these people. Philip had it when he went, ran into the eunuch and, um, and it was, it made a difference in his life. And so, um, I, I just think when we, when we think about conversions, and we look at this eunuch, there are certain marks of a true conversion that we see in the eunuch that we didn't see in Simon, uh, the magician, over in the earlier part of chapter eight. One of them was humility. Uh, and Simon, there was no. He said, "I'm somebody great." Mm. The eunuch really was somebody great, and what did he do? When, when Philip came up to him, a common man came up to this noble dignitary, and, and he asked him a question, which, first of all, in the East you wouldn't do like that anyway, but he said, do you understand what you're reading? Well, a typical you know, dignitary would not even qualify that with a response. Hmm. But he said, how can I unless somebody shows me? It showed this humility, but there was also a dependence because he's, he invited him up. He invited a commoner to come up to teach him about God's word. And, uh, and so he had dependence where if you look at, um, Simon, Simon tried to buy God's yeah. power. He didn't, he didn't just trust that somebody would share it with him. Um, uh, and it, the third thing was heart change. Was there a heart change? Well, look in verse thirty eight what happened uh they went into the water and they came up. That was the external display of what went on in the heart, and then finally, was there a seeking of God or seeking of God's gifts well i I think it's pretty safe to say the Ethiopian eunuch sought god yeah he he drove a thousand miles i say drove i mean he was in a chariot for a thousand miles. That's a long time. Yep. Do you know that a typical like I I would say that's probably about uh, a 40 to 50 day journey by foot or by chariot. I mean, so 40 or 50 days going through lots of desert land to get to where he's going to go to a place where he couldn't even go into the temple just to worship you know? And so I, I would say there definitely was a heart that sought after God. And,
1: uh, yeah, cause he's going down a danger, you know, back, dangerous road. And you know, that's why he had so many people with him. Obviously he had a retinue for protection among other things, but yeah, you, you know what, what can happen on the road. And then you get to Jerusalem probably, you know, knowing beforehand since he obviously had the scriptures that he was not going to be, uh, welcomed in. That's,
2: Mm-hmm. That's some
1: true seeking right there. Yeah.
2: So he sought God. He had a heart change. He was dependent and he was humble. Those are all the marks of true conversion. And so, um, that's really what the acts eight twenty six through 40 is all about. And, um, you know, we see God bringing a divine instrument into their life and sharing the truth, the gospel of Jesus with them. And he responded and it was true. It was a true conversion. So, uh, so, yeah, that's what we should be about doing the yeah. same thing, mm-hmm. uh, looking for those divine appointments as we walk into our world.
1: Yeah. And then and then encouraging uh, people to, like you said, follow God. And um, in our context, that generally uh, leads to uh, discipleship and in living life with others, even though that's not what we see here. But just um, thought that was a good, good thing uh, that you brought out in the text, though, that he did encourage him to obey uh, the commands of God. Pretty interesting. Not something I would have readily you know, thought about uh, reading through it by myself um, at the time. So that's cool. Um, we are up against the break though. We'll be back with more after the break. Um, I will give you the number to call in if you would like, if you have any questions or anything like that, I will give you that number after the break. You're listening to SWAT radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. On my life, I've been told I belong at the end of the night. With all the other not quite, we'll all the get.
1: Is nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40 this week. We did uh, finish up looking at verses 36 through 40, and we would love to have you join the discussion and field your questions. If you have them, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. Again, that's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at SWAT radio.com again that's ask a s k at swat com.
2: you know one of the things i want to point out about the two different uh stories that we heard of philip that luke tells in samaria uh, he is sharing with a group have you ever shared publicly with a group outside of a church setting
1: mm-hmm. individuals outside no no, of church no, a, a, yeah. group, like no. a group like a group I don't think I have.
2: Okay. I had neither until I went to Russia in uh, 1994. And I went over there on a mission trip with John Mazel, Bud Tool, John Krug, uh, some more people. And we go to the city and we went out handing out invitations to a nightly meeting. And I would literally go to like a manufacturing factory that would have 30 to 50 people there. And we would say, Hey, we're here. We're inviting you to this program at night. And they were blown away that we were Americans over there back then. Cause mm. it had not been that long since the wall had come down.
1: In a dangerous place at that time. too. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: In some places it was, but these people were very friendly to us. We weren't that concerned about that. But the, the owner of the factory would say, here, let me shut it down. And he would shut down the factory mm-hmm and everybody would gather around like in a circle. And he would say, okay, tell, tell us what you want to tell us. Hmm. They didn't know what a Bible was. They had never heard about Jesus, never knew what a Bible was. And it was surreal to me. I'd never done anything like that. I will tell you that if you're listening out there in the listening audience, we should always be prepared to give a testimony and the gospel wherever God opens an opportunity. Uh, Philip did it publicly in Samaria. He did it one on one with a Ethiopian eunuch, and the message didn't change in either place. He preached. He evangelized. He preached that gospel message again. The gospel message is: Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He was resurrected and now lives, and he's our king and savior. And he calls us to trust him, have faith in him, and yield to the grace of God that has penetrated our lives. And uh, and so Philip does them both. Luke records them both uh, to show us there's a contrast in the method But there's not a contrast in the message. The message is the same. So we should all be familiar with that message and be ready to share. Uh, If somebody came up to you tomorrow and said, Hey, um, we got a group gathered out here, and it'd be a great opportunity to share the gospel. Would you go out there and share with them? Would you be able to do that? Well, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I mean, there's a timidity there that uh, we need to remember. What what are we telling people? If, if if Yeah, I'm telling about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But if there was a house on fire mm-hmm. yeah. and you saw a child in it, would you be back? Oh, I don't think I want to go tell them there's a house <laughs> on fire and there's a child inside that house. No, you You're going to be screaming, child, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be screaming, oh, my gosh, we got to help that child. Somebody help us. Why is it that we feel such an urgency against the physical harm of somebody but not against the the eternal damnation of their soul if we believe the bible to be true we should be just we should be more motivated to help them in spiritual darkness in their spiritual infirmity than in their physical
1: do you think that there's um you think it's a lack of believing that is true uh, for people or do you think it's more of a kind of a, a doubt that's crept in through, you know, society turning apostate, I guess you could call it from I think a Christian it, nation. To yeah. A, I
2: think, I think it's an apostate mm. nation, a, a secular nation, but I think, I think a lot of people have bought into it as a religious check in the box mm. mm-hmm. instead of a real relationship with the creator God. A lot of people know about God, but they don't know him. They don't spend time with him. They don't, um, Uh, intercede and and talk to him and pray every day. They don't read their Bible every day. But they're Christian. Why? Well, because I prayed a prayer when I was this age. They're Christian. Why? I was baptized at this age. But there's been no fruit in their life. There's been no pursuing God, no yielding to God in other areas of their life. And so, I think those uh, are people that are going to be very sad to hear depart for I never knew you. Mm. But yet they're going to think they're his servants because they do religious things. Yeah.
1: I, and I think there's a, a larger number than we would think that it's like that. And then I also think there's a large number of people like you, you're talking about in Russia, um, you know, had never heard of Christ and didn't, hadn't heard of a Bible even. And you think of Russia, that's an Orthodox Christian country. You would think that they would know, but there's a number of people here in America as well that don't have never heard the good news. And that to me is, is baffling. Like I, I was confronted with, 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 that reality. I think when I was like 14 or 15, my dad was telling me um, just what he had went through that day, talking to somebody. And I was like, that person had never heard. He's, you know, 60 years old. The guy he was talking to and in America. Yeah. And it's just like, why I did not know that, that that was the case. And you know, that that's kind of something for me to realize like, man, people don't know you, you got to tell them and make sure. And even if they do have heard, but haven't surrendered, you know, always offer that chance.
2: Yeah. I, I, I just think, uh, well, and I've I've thrown these statistics out before sun sun life did them a survey years ago, uh, or they were quoted. I think they were quoting another group that did the survey, but out of 14,000, Evangelical survey: ninety-five percent had never told one person about Jesus.
1: That's that's pretty crazy. <clears throat> the
2: gospel. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's but that's seeing the the response to Jesus as a religious activity, not a divine relationship. And we're going to talk about that next week as we look at the Apostle Paul and his conversion and how God. Um, comes in and really, um, and just, he, he turns Paul's world, Saul at that time, upside down and changes the course of his life. Yeah. And so, um,
1: I, you know, kind of talking about that too, about, um, I I wonder how much, how much of that, you know, talking about people who have never shared is first not understanding, you know, that's a commandment, right. And that, that Jesus has commanded us to do that. And not, I guess, as you've talked about, surrender to him as Lord, one. But two, also not realizing that they're in a a spiritual battle and that the enemy is trying to keep them from uh, sharing. And so some of those feelings of, ooh, I don't know if I should say this and whatnot, those are attacks that have to be overcome. And and just with the wrong mindset, you're getting crushed and becoming ineffective. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, I think that um, if you don't spend time in the Word, and we talked about that yesterday, you're not going to be ready to share the good news. You may know the good news. You you may know the gospel. You should you can't not know the gospel if you're a believer. You have to know the gospel. But knowing his word and being ready to share because there's lots of starting points. Notice what Philip did. He started where this guy mm-hmm. was.
1: Yeah. And you know, I guess that's another thing though uh, to tie it all back to what we were talking about in the first segment is with Technology and distraction—that is one thing that we're being kept from—is having a, a thorough understanding of the scriptures. I mean, not everybody, obviously, but you—you know—you read some of the uh, the Puritans or, or people in the past, and their grasp of scripture is so much greater than ours. And in-
2: okay, but look, look, look at the uh, Lincoln Douglas debate mm. for president. So if you go back to the Lincoln Douglas debates. They were eight nine hours. Yeah, yeah. they talked for eight nine hours, and people listen. Yeah, could you imagine President Trump and President Biden trying to articulate for eight hours <laughs> any kind of position? I mean, it would have been I mean, people would, it would have been ridiculous. That wouldn't happen well, right? it, it, because we're living in an age of sound bites.
1: Yeah, and then especially with. Those two, I don't know if they could, you know, I mean, Biden it can only talk for 10 seconds at a time. So if that, so yeah, but yeah, I, I, I,
2: hear your point. Yeah. But you know, we just, the, the age we live in, we don't read, mm-hmm. we're not teaching our children to read. They look at a screen, they live in 128 word, you know, little sentences or, or thoughts and, um, they're not taught to read books. They're not taught to read the Bible. Yeah. And I mean, they, we, we read devotionals today. Mm. We 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 don't want to read the Bible, we want to read a book about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Folks, when you read a book about the Bible, it's not wrong to read other people's insights, but if you never feast on God's word, you're missing out. You're just being spoon-fed stuff. You got to go to the Bible yourself and let God's word Penetrate you.
1: Yeah, that's kind of that. That made me think of what you were talking about earlier earlier about working the land versus working uh, on a machine, right? And that if you're if you're working on the machine, you're not really uh, in tune to the ways of nature, that God created things, and, and dependent on Him. And, and the same is true, I think, if you're just reading devotionals and not the Word, is you're depending on someone else to give you um, the truth rather than finding it uh, for yourself and communing with God one on one.
2: Yeah, hey, I wanted to let people know, um, too, Taylor, uh, you and I will be here again tomorrow. Um, Friday is our guest this week. Uh, congressman John Rutherford's going to oh, be our guest. Awesome. So uh, uh, have your questions ready out there, whether you're in Mississippi or Virginia. Uh, he is a good congressman up in uh, the swamp. <laughs> Just to... Call it what it is. Uh, anyway, he's a good congressman up there. He'll be our guest, and feel free to send any questions to ask at SWATradio.com. He'll be our guest Friday. Tomorrow will then be our Anything Goes Day, uh, talking about shemine and obeying his leading, knowing his word, encouraging others, anything we've talked about or whatever you want to talk about in the news. We're open to that tomorrow uh, Christian Worldview. We'd love to have you call in.
1: Yeah, so make sure you tune in because that's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning
0: in. Hope you have a great day.